this, and I believe uh, I have a word uh, to impart to us today from uh, Adonai. So last night, Rabbi Michael spoke on the mystery of the shofar, and if you were not able to make it, uh, the good news is Randy is faithful to put those podcasts up for us. So and if not uh, tomorrow, yes, thank you to Randy. That is, yeah, thank you. So Randy faithfully takes those messages, and as I said on Shabbat, uh, he and I are able to look, and we literally have people from all over the world uh, listening to the podcast. And as I said, a few months ago, I even received a phone call from someone from Canada uh, asking us to pray with them, and we prayed with them. So uh, it's, a, it's a blessing, the ministry that you do, uh, Randy, and he covers even the cost of that, that uh, service. So we really appreciate him and Sandy uh, doing that for the congregation. Thank you so much. So, but last night, <clears throat> Rabbi Michael smoke, spoke, <clears throat> as I clear my throat, spoke on the mystery of the shofar. And one of the things he indicated is that Rosh Hashanah is a day of remembrance. One of the names is Yom Hazikaron, the day of remembrance. And we were encouraged to remember uh, that the day of atonement, Yom Kippur, is coming that we should remember our spiritual priorities. These are a few of the things he uh, encourages us about, to remember the need for contrition, uh, to remember that God provided the ram in place of Isaac, and to remember that God sent his Messiah, Yeshua, as we have read and sung about in our liturgy today. So the Haftor selection uh, for this first day, as I indicated, is from Shmuel Aleph, 1 Samuel chapter 1, uh, verse 1 through chapter 2, verse 10. And this is the story of Hannah and the birth of her son, Shmuel. And it's connected to the Torah reading. As I said, you know, uh, outside of Israel, they make uh, Rosh Hashanah two-day celebration. So they have two separate Torah readings. One is about the birth, and one is about the binding of Isaac. So Hannah's story is connected to the birth, where Sarah, like Hannah, was barren, and God provided a child for her in the birth of Isaac. And the sages tell us that the blessing of a child for both Sarah and Hannah were granted on Rosh Hashanah when the, quote, remembrance of their plight came up before God. And so that's why those are part of the readings that we do during the holiday of Rosh Hashanah. So today I also want to talk about remembrance, but from a different perspective than what my husband shared last night. And my uh, message is entitled, On Rosh Hashanah, God Remembers You. On Rosh Hashanah, God remembers you. So read with me or follow along as I read part of Shmuel Allah, 1 Samuel. There was a man from Ramataim, Sophim, in the hills of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanan, the son of Yerucham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Suf from Ephrat. He had two wives, one named Hannah and the other Penina, Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city every year to worship and sacrifice to Adonai Sivaot in Shiloh. That's where the tabernacle was at this point. There is no temple yet built. The two sons of Eli, Hophni and Pinchas, were Kohanim of Adonai there. One day when Elkanah was sacrificing, he gave a portion of the sacrifice to his wife Penina and portions to each of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved Hannah even though Adonai had kept her from having children. Her rival taunted her and made her feel bad 
because Adonai had kept her from having children. He, meaning uh, Elkanah, did the same every year, and each time when she, Hannah, went up to the house of Adonai, she taunted her so much that she would cry and not eat. Her husband Elkanah said to her, Hannah, why are you crying, and why aren't you eating? Why be so sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah got up after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Eli, Eli, the Kohen, was sitting on his seat by the doorpost of the temple of Adonai, and in deep depression, she prayed to Adonai, and she cried. And she took a vow, and she said, Adonai Tzivaot, if you will notice how humiliated your servant is, if you will remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a male child, then I will give him to Adonai for as long as he lives. And no razor will ever come on his head. She prayed for a long time. Selah. A long time she prayed. And this is going on year after year. She prayed for a long time before Adonai. And as she did, Ellie was watching her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Her lips moved, but her voice could not be heard. So Ellie thought she was drunk. Ellie said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Stop drinking your wine. But Hannah answered, no, no, my Lord. I am a very unhappy woman, unhappy woman. I have not drunk either wine or other strong liquor. Rather, I have been pouring out my soul before Adonai. Don't think of your servant as a worthless woman because I have been speaking from the depth of my distress and anger. Then Eli replied, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant what you have asked of him. <clears throat> she replied, may your servant find favor in your sight. So the woman went on her way, and she ate, and her face was no longer sad. They got up early in the morning and worshiped before Adonai, then returned and came to the house in Ramah. Elkanan had relations with Hannah, his wife, and Adonai remembered her. She conceived, and in due time she gave a birth to her son, whom she named Shmuel, because I asked. Adonai for him. Let's take a moment to pray. <coughs> we thank you for your word today, God. We thank you that on this Rosh Hashanah, you want us to know that you remember us as you remembered Hannah. Let us have ears to hear and a heart to receive the things you would impart to us now in Yeshua's name. This is but one of many stories in the Bible to encourage us that just as we are called to remember certain things, and Rabbi Michael encouraged us about those last night, so God remembers things. And there are three things that I want to talk about this morning. There are many more, but I chose three to us to reflect on. And the first ties in with Rabbi Michael's message last night and all of the liturgy that we have been singing and reciting today, and that is that Adonai remembers us to grant us mercy. We, knew, we learned about the need to be contrite in heart last night to seek forgiveness from God 
and from others. And the good news is that God responds to that contrition with his great compassion and mercy. Look with me at Divrei Hayamim Bet, 2 Chronicles, chapter 30, verse 9, the second half of it says, Adonai, your God, is compassionate and merciful. He will not turn his face away from you if you return to him. Friends, on Rosh Hashanah, it is good to, for us to know that God remembers us and extends to us his compassion and his mercy and his provision for us. This high holy day season is traditionally a time of seeking to know if our names will be written in the book of life. It is said that the books are open on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur, the books are closed. So when we come to celebrate and close out Yom Kippur in our Nila service, tradition tells us that our fate is sealed for the next year. Of course, as Messianic believers, we know that God demonstrated his compassion and mercy towards us by sending his son, Yeshua, the Messiah. And on Shabbat, I spoke from the Haftorah in Isaiah, and where it said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news. And we went to the new covenant, to the book of Luke chapter four, where Yeshua was in his hometown of Nazareth and in the synagogue, as was his habit, it says there in the new covenant, he was handed the scroll and he opened it up and he read that passage. And basically he said, I am that anointed one. I am the one who came to preach the good news. And not only to preach the good news with his mouth, but he is the Messiah who gave his life as a once-for-all sacrifice so that Jew and Gentile alike, male and female, young and old, could receive the mercy and compassion and know that our name is written down in the book of life. And as we read in our Torah service from the book of Messianic Jews, just to remind ourselves here, for the Messiah has entered the holiest place, which is not man-made and merely a copy of the true one, but into heaven itself in order to appear now on our behalf in the very presence of God. Further, he did not enter heaven to offer himself over and over again, like the Kohenachadol, the high priest here on earth, who would go in year after year with blood that was not his own. <coughs> but as it is, he has appeared once at the end of ages in order to do away with sin through the sacrifice of himself. God remembers you and me in great mercy and compassion. Because he saw this sin problem that we had, it says, in Revelation, before the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God was slain. Do you understand what that means? It means before God even created the world, he, being omniscient, knew what was going to happen. And Yeshua willingly decided that he would lay his down, life down for you and me so that our sins could be atoned for. And in Rosh Hashanah, God remembers that. And if you are here today or you are listening to this podcast and you don't know that your name is written in the book of life, you don't know that your sins are atoned for because you will stand before God. There is a judgment. It's not just something that we made up. There is a judgment day where all creatures will stand before God. 
Those who have been dead will be raised. Those who are alive will be taken up, and we will all stand there. And the one question you want to know the answer to is, is your name written in that book of life? I can say my name is because of God's mercy and compassion and because I said yes. I said, God, I receive your mercy. I receive your compassion. I receive the atonement that Yeshua made on my behalf. Friends, if I were to stop right here in my message, and I'm not, just telling you, it would be Dayenu from another holiday. It would be enough. God's mercy and compassion saved a wretch like me. Right? That he remembered me, that he remembered you, and sent his son so that our sins would be washed away and our names written in the book of life. Yesterday, we had a student come over from Stony Brook University. She's a journalism study, a student, and uh, a plus, she happens to be from Kansas City. She came in with her Chiefs sweatshirt. She had just watched the game yesterday, and the Chiefs barely won 34 to 30 against Detroit, but they pulled it out. Okay, I didn't see the game, but she had watched it. And she is uh, taking some pictures and asking uh, uh, some questions. And she asked me, what is one of the things you like about Rosh Hashanah? And I said, it is that I know that God has provided for me atonement, right? And so on Rosh Hashanah, we need to understand that God remembers the fact that we are in sin and that we can do nothing to save ourselves. But he did it for us. He sent Yeshua all we have to do is say yes. Our part is easy. Amen? But I do have a couple other things I want to share with us today. Second is that God remembers means that he will provide for you. In Bereshit, Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, it says that God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the livestock with him in the ark. So God caused a wind to pass over the earth and the water to be, uh, began to go down. You see, God saw Noah stuck on that ark with all those animals. And I don't care how the movies make it look, <laughs> I don't care how the plays uh, depicted, being on an ark for over a year with all those animals was not the most pleasant thing. All right? Just saying, you know. We saw the play in Lancaster, Noah, and it was so cool, and you felt the water coming down, and oh, this is so cool. Um, but that had to be tough with all those animals. Uh, you know, the smell alone, just saying. Okay, so uh, those who are animal lovers, you lose your sense of smell. If you have an animal in your house, you don't even smell it. When you don't have animals in your house and you walk into someone else's house with has animals, you can smell it, right? You can smell it. Edie says yes, exactly. And I don't mind animals. I grew up with lots of animals. You know, we had, uh, at one time we had 13 dogs and we had a litter just born. We had five or six cats. We had a pet skunk. We had a Shetland pony that someone gave us because we had six kids, so of course you need a pony, right? But this pony was as mean as all get out, and he would never let us ride him. Mr. Jiggs was his name, and uh, he was more of a problem than, than anything. He would get out of the corral every morning right before school, and my brother David, he and I are, are very close in age and in the same grade. 
you always had to run and chase that thing down and get it back in the corral. So uh, it wasn't the most pleasant. But Noah was stuck in that ark with all the animals of the world. Think about it. And God remembered him. And Noah was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for remembering him. And God provided and sent the wind so that the ark could settle and that Noah could come out with the animals. In Shemot chapter 2, verse 24, we read, God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. This is from our Passover story where God delivered Israel out of slavery in Egypt after over 400 years. That's why I lingered and said Selah when it said that Hannah prayed a long time because I get it that there are some who have prayed and waited a long time. Israel had waited a long time, but God remembered. And he provided and brought her out of the land of Egypt, which we celebrate at another season of the year. <coughs> the psalmist declares it like this in Tehillim 111. The deeds of Adonai are great, greatly desired by all who enjoy them. His work is full of majesty and splendor, and his righteousness continues forever. He has gained renown for his wonders. Adonai is merciful and compassionate. He gives or provides food to those who fear him because he remembers his covenant. Whatever your need is today, I want to encourage you that on Rosh Hashanah, God remembers you and is providing for you. In the Torah reading for today, one of the Torah readings is about the birth of Isaac and about the Akedah, the binding. We read that today. And there in that thicket was a ram that God provided. He is Adonai Yirah, the God who provides. And he wants you to know that on Rosh Hashanah, not only is he asking you to remember, but on Rosh Hashanah, he remembers us. And in remembering us, he wants to provide for us. And the last thing I want to share, and then we're going to call Miles up for our uh, shofar, uh, shofar rope verses. As we look back at our story of Hannah, when we say that God remembers, it's not the same as saying that you and I remember. So when God remembers, it is to, in, to intervene in a supernatural way in your life and mine. Let's face it, friends. Some of the things that we are facing in our lives, there's no human answer to it. There's nothing in the natural that can, can solve this. For, for Hannah and for Sarah, they were barren women. You know, Sarah, we, we are read, we read in the New Covenant, Romans chapter 4 says that Abraham did not give up and, and, and you know, give in on his faith, even though he reckoned, he understood that his body and Sarah's body was as good as dead. At 190 years old, there was no way they were going to naturally conceive a child. So some of us are in situations like that where it is beyond all hope in the natural. And we have done everything that we could possibly do humanly, but nothing has happened. This is where God says, I remember, and he steps in in a supernatural way to intervene on your behalf and mine and this congregation, just like he did for Hannah. 
the story of Hannah and Sarah, one author wrote an article about how God remembers connecting to these two stories on Rosh Hashanah. And this author said, these biblical stories I suggest are not about God's recollection of past events of his remembering something he had forgotten. Rather, it's about punctuated moments in history when the divine presence intervenes to create significant change. I suggest that each of these women's stories conforms to a common paradigm in Robert, uh, Robert Alton's uh, terms, a type scene, she's referring to another research or article, where barrenness and conception becomes the fertile ground for the working of divine providence. In other words, supernatural intervention into a situation that naturally had no answer to it. So it says that Hannah cried before Adonai, and it says he, she prayed for a long time. And as I said, when we was reading the passage from Shmuel, she went, this was going on year after year after year. She longed for a child. The story of Sarah, as I said, is, is similar. She was barren without any hope. And it's also connected to the story of Rachel, who it was also barren and without child. And in and the Torah, it says about Sarah that God took note of her. And the writer of this article continued to explain what this whole concept of God remembering means. She says, in all three examples of Sarah, Hannah, and Rachel, in all three examples of healed barrenness, what happens is the natural conception of a child, but from the divine eye, it is the fulfillment of a long-awaited promise that God always, always intended to keep. Metaphorically, it may be likened to the focus of a dispersed light into a beam like a laser, the focal point being the mother through whom the bearer of the covenant, in the case of Sarah, is born as it says through Isaac, the promise of seed will be fulfilled. That's pretty powerful, guys. It's the fulfillment of a long-awaited promise that God always intended to keep. We say this often, that God supernaturally works in natural ways. It was natural. In other words, the woman's body was made to conceive and have a child. But it was supernatural and that God stepped in to intervene where there was barrenness. And a miracle took place, and their bodies did what they were naturally created to do. All of these women, we know as we read in the Torah, conceived and gave birth to the long-awaited child. What seemed impossible became possible. And within a short time, they were holding that child in their arms. And you need to hear and know that God keeps his promise. Though it tarry, the prophet says, wait at the appointed time. Why was it year after year that Hannah did not have a child? Because at the appointed time, Shmuel was born to be a prophet to the people of Israel. Why was Sarah without child? We don't know the whys, but we do know that God keeps his word. 
the author of that article, I love the way she say it, said it, the fulfillment of the promise as God always intended. God is a promise keeper. The promises that he has made to you and to me and this congregation, he intends to fulfill them. And we need to be encouraged by that today, that he is a God who remembers us to bring supernatural intervention into our lives. As I close here, I know that in this room there are many situations represented that many of us have spent nights and days crying out to God for relief in our lives, and many are longing for God to intervene for us in a supernatural way as he did for Hannah and Sarah. And on this Rosh Hashanah, my prayer for you is that you would know that God has not forgotten you. He is a God who remembers. Not like you and I, because he's omniscient. He hasn't forgotten, like I may forget. Sometimes people come up and say, do you remember when you prayed this over me, Rabbi Carol? And I'm like, no. Because <laughs> I'm not omniscient. I don't remember everything. But God, he doesn't have, it's not, that's not the problem. It's not like he forgot that we're suffering or in pain. He remembers that he wants to fulfill the long-awaited promise for you. He remembers and wants to move supernaturally in that situation that you are facing. As I read our Haftorah portion from Yermiah, who says in verse 3, I love you with an everlasting love. This is why in my grace I draw you to me. And the remaining verses in that chapter speak of restoration, and we read the verses from 34 on about the new heart that he's going to give us. And I want to conclude by saying, know today that in his everlasting love for you, God remembers you. God remembers you. Like he saw the cry and pain in Hannah's heart, he sees the cry and the pain in your heart. Your tears have not gone unnoticed by him. He hears the cries of your heart. And just as he remembered Hannah and Sarah and stepped into their life and worked supernaturally, God is going to step into your life and intervene because you're his child and because he loves you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, God, for your word. We receive it. We thank you that you are a God who remembers. And we thank you that you will fulfill your word. You have always intended to fulfill it. And God, even though sometimes we are like Hannah and Sarah and Abraham and, and Noah and all of those, we're not sure why it sometimes takes so long. But we are encouraged today that you have not forgotten us and that you are working and will intervene supernaturally in the midst of our circumstance. And we thank you for that. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask Miles to join me as we prepare for our chauffeur wrote verses. And you can open your Moxors to page 15. And so in the middle of page 15, we, these verses are recited in English. And the rest of the team, yes, could make your way up as well. Thank you. So join me together. You revealed yourself in a cloud of glory to your holy people. From the heavens they heard your voice, and you manifested yourself to them in clouds of purity. 
Oh, I still hear pages turning and no one reading with me, so I'll wait. <laughs> Everyone, page 15, there in the middle. The whole world trembled at your presence, and your creation stood in awe before you when you, O king, revealed yourself on Mount Sinai to teach your people your Torah and instructions, causing them to hear your majestic, majestic voice and your holy words from flames of fire. Amid thunder and lightning, you revealed yourself to them, and you did shine forth on them as the shofar was sounded. And on the third day in the morning, there was thunder and lightning and a dense cloud over the mountains, and the shofar sounded loudly, and all the people in the camp trembled. The sound of the shofar grew louder and louder. Moshe spoke, and God answered him, and all the people perceived the thunders and the lightnings and the sound of the shofar, and the mountain spoken. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood far off. God ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the shofar, with the trumpets and the sound of the shofar, raised joyful voices before the king, the Lord. Sound the shofar on the new moon and on the full moon for the festival day, for it is a statute for Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty expanse. Praise him for his saving deeds. Praise him according to his abundant greatness. Praise him with the blast of the shofar. Praise him with psaltery and harp. Praise him with timbre and dance. Praise him with string instruments and pipe. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Everything that has breath Praise the Lord, hallelujah. All you inhabitants of the world and dwellers on the earth, when a banner is lifted up on the mountain, see it. And when the shofar is sounded, hear it. On that day, a great shofar will be sounded, and they shall come who were lost in the land of Assyria, and they who were dispersed in the land of Egypt, and they shall worship the Lord on the holy mountain at Jerusalem. Just pause here. You may not know where this is from, but in the scriptures, it gives this prophecy and, and, and the prophets, I believe it's Isaiah, that from Egypt they will come up and from the north they will come. This is, again, God is not just about Jewish people. It's through the Jewish people that the nations will come. And Egypt is in God's future. Not only Israel, Egypt and Assyria, and they are going to come together with the Jewish people and they're going to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's an uh, awesome passage of restoration of not just Israel, but of the nations with them. So I just want to just encourage you with, that's where this comes from. Continue with me. The Lord shall be revealed to them, and his arrows will go forth as lightning. The Lord shall sound the shofar and shall go in the whirlwind of the south. The Lord of hosts will defend them. So be a shield over your people, Israel, with your peace. Our God and God of our fathers, sound the great shofar for our freedom and set up the banner together our exiles, assemble our scattered ones from among the nations and gather our dispersed from the uttermost parts of the earth. Lead us with celebration and with everlasting joy to Zion, your city, to Jerusalem, the place of your sanctuary, where we will offer that which is prescribed by your Torah. On that day of your gladness and on your festivals and on new moons, you shall sound the shofar over your offerings, and they shall be reminders to you before your God that I am the Lord your God. 
For you hear the sound of the shofar and give heed to its call. There is none like you. Deserving of praise are you, O Lord, who in mercy hears the shofar sounds of your people Israel. We're going to hear the shofar blessing. Baruch atadonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam, asher kedeshana b'mitzvotah v'tzivanu lishmoa kol shofar. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, master of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commandments and commandments us to hear the sound of the shofar. Amen. So we're going to call out the sounds together, and uh, Miles will blow the shofar for us. Tekiah. Shivarim. Teruah. Tekiah. Tekiah. Shivarim. Teruah, Tekiah, Tekiah, Shivarim, Teruah, Tekiah, Tekiah, Shivarim, Tekiah. Tekia, Shivarim, Tekia, Tekia, Shivarim, Tekia, Tekia, Terua, Tekia. Tekia, Turua, Tekia, Tekia, Turua, Tekia, Gidola, Amen. 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 Thank you, Miles. Join me as we conclude this uh, prayer. Just as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the shofar of God. And the dead and Messiah shall rise first, then we who remain alive shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we always be with the Lord. May it be your will that the sounding of the shofar which we have done will be embroidered in the veil by the appointed angel as you accepted it by Elijah of blessed memory and by Yeshua the prince of the face and the one who sits on God's throne. May you be filled with compassion to us, deserving of praise are you, Lord of compassion. This day the world was called into being. This day all the creatures of the universe stand in judgment before you as children or as servants. If as children have pity upon us, as a father pities his children, and if as servants, 
we call upon you to be gracious to us and merciful in judgment of us, O revered and holy God. In Yeshua our Messiah, we examine ourselves for the next 10 days, and through him we trust you, our God, to pronounce us righteous. May the entreaty of our lips found favor before you, O most high and exalted God, who carefully hears and graciously regards the voice of our shofar blast. Accept with mercy and favor our prayers concerning the shofar. At this time, Josiah will lead us in the Hebrew of the Elenu, and Abigail will lead us in the English. Let's all rise. Alenu lishabech ladon hakol Latet kidula leotzeh breishin Shelo asanu kegoye ha'aratzot Velo samanu kemishbachot ha'adama Shelo sam kelkenu kahem Vegoralenu kechohamonam Vaanachnu korim Umishtachafim umodim Lifne melech malche hamlachim Hakadosh baruchu Shehu note shamayim veyoseid aretz Umoshav yekoro vashamayim imaal Ushkina tuzo, ushkina tuzo Begabe meromim Hu Eloheinu ein od Emet malkeinu efesulato Kakatuf betorato Vietata hayom Vahashavota Elevabecha Ki Adonai hu ha-Elohim Bashamayim imaal Shema, 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 Shema,